0: What we've got here is failure to
1: communicate.
0: Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast.
1: Join John and Brian
0: as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts.
1: One Broken Cog Podcast back again. We've got the Biggie and Tupac of the business world. John Lester on the East. I am Brian Olson on the West. John, you're not going to believe this. I've got the stat of all stats. It's eye-opening. It's groundbreaking. It's earth-shattering. It's pretty much the culmination of all the other stats we were talking about in our previous podcast. I mean, brace yourself. Are you ready for this? Are you sure you're going to be ready for me to, to read this to you?
0: I am looking forward to this one.
1: Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put it out there. I know it may be shocking. It may be uh, for many reasons, but let me just read this to you, okay? So this is a stat of all stats, as I mentioned. Now, I'm just going to lay it on you here over 74% of sales managers admit that they have poor communication skills. Let that sink in for a minute, and I'll read it again. 74% of sales managers admit that they have poor communication skills. John, I know you're flabbergasted, but I'd love to get your take on this insane stat. Ah. You know,
0: I I think I had every single one of those 74% of sales managers at one point or another in my career. The odds I, are you I,
1: did. I mean, there's, it's a lot of people. I don't
0: know if I I'll, – I'll quickly relay this to you, Brian, because I, I think it's on point, and I, I don't think I've told you this, but it, it. we had a new VP of sales come in at one organization that I was, I was actually working for many years ago. And, um, you know, he came in and supposedly had lots of experience. Of course, the, the folks that brought him in touted this – his uh, CV, guy's tremendous, blah, blah, blah. And so we all, we flew out to, uh, I think we were out in Phoenix at that point. We all flew around, from around the country. We flew in to meet this gentleman and um, get introduced to him. And of course, being being the, the brash individual that I was, I still am. And I looked at him and I said, uh, wow, you know, we're glad you're here. Um, we're glad you're here to make things better and and help us improve. Could you share something from your background with us? To tell us, you know, how you assess where we are and what and what you found and and what you think we could do. And he paused for a moment and he looked at me, and he said, uh, "No." <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I don't know how much more you want to communicate than that, but that's that's a really you know that's an interesting stat. You know because when you throw that stat against one we, that we've talked about before, that said that in in sales those is thirty five percent annual turnover versus thirteen percent across all other businesses. Hmm, what's the correlation? Yeah, what's makes the perfect tie-in? sense.
1: It, exactly. I mean that that's and you had said on our previous podcast that it's weak management. And here you go. But there's there's two things that surprise me about the stat. One is it's you know seventy four percent. That's mind blowing. in you know, the amount of. Of people that uh, admit that, but the fact that they do admit it, that they're actually admitting the fact that they have poor communication skills. That's very interesting. You and I have seen, of course, they always talk about the top 25%. Well, there you go. The top 25% are achieving their quotas. They're they are much greater than the lower percentage people. And it's, it's unbelievable, John, the fact that I know for a fact that people right now are dealing with this issue. I know for a fact that right now Sales managers, we look at the numbers as far as how training budgets are allocated. It's mostly all to the salespeople themselves. I mean, you, you have a story about that VP. I have a story where one of these supposed quote unquote sales managers had told our team at this time, this is way back in the day, that I'm going to have each one of you rotate and do a training in our weekly meeting. So essentially, I don't know how to do it. I can't communicate with people. Nothing I say resonates. Nothing is translating into uh, results at all period so i'm going to have you guys do it because i can't do it it's it's unbelievable yet these people have the title these people have the pay these people are hitting their own personal number because they have maybe one or two rock stars in the team who can just get it done no matter what that they own it but this is an issue john this is a very big issue and you have to wonder if ceos vps know about this or realize that they'll, their sales managers are dropping the ball and john we know. Should we drop it on them how much a co- the cost of a low-performing sales manager is? Yeah, we really should. $3.5 million. That's average. That's taking the lowest of the low, the highest of the high, putting it right in the middle. $3.5 million. And you mentioned, John, turnover. Now, that's just them themselves missing the mark as far as you know taking advantage of those revenue opportunities, missing quotas. Thirty-five percent versus thirteen percent, so sixteen percent voluntary, and that costs a ton of money. What is it, like a hundred grand per rep? So the margins are not there. Well, here is the biggest broken cog in your organization nine times out of ten.
0: Well, you know what, what's so fascinating when you start to look at a stat like that. There's a couple of things that that I look, I wonder about immediately, and that is that most people. Most people, not everybody, but most people hire their sales managers from the ranks, whether it's internal or external, but from the ranks of salespeople. So the the predominant source of new sales managers is salespeople and people are always looking for the successful salesperson to be the sales manager. And if 74% of sales managers admit that they have poor communication skills, and the biggest component of being a good salesperson is having communication skills. I'm very confused as to where they're even finding these people and then why are they hiring people that can't communicate as salespeople to make them sales managers? And then if the sales manager can't communicate, that means they can't communicate up, which they have to as part of their role, so they can't communicate to senior management. they can't communicate down, to their sales reps, which they have to do. And then they still are bad salespeople if they can't communicate with the clients because sales managers should be out on client calls as well. So I'm completely confused how this is, is being allowed to happen.
1: It's, it's interesting because you have to look at the definition of manager itself and how they define it. These business owners are CEOs and they probably see it as a lot of you know salespeople have experience with, and you and I have as well, that these people are number crunchers. They're hall monitors. They monitor your comings and goings. They facilitate, you know, quote unquote, onboarding. They, you know, training is, hey, sit with Jim. He's done this for a long time. He'll show you the ropes. And they're there to look at spreadsheets, reports, and just take a task, put you on a pip. There's no communication as we see here. There's no coaching. The coaching is completely out of it. The leadership is completely out of it. There's none. And you would figure that if they're promoting somebody who was a top performer into that role, which they rarely do because they don't want to lose that top performer's revenue stream. Uh, that person would understand how to communicate with the team. They understand the intricacies of sales and can coach and guide people and refine them and make them better. But uh, that other stat that's really glaring that you and I talked about before was that 94% of employees would stay in their current role longer if they felt the organization invested in the professional development. Well, sales specifically, what does that mean? Well, it means taking them and making them better, hitting their numbers, You know, their their percentage of quota attainment going up. And that's not happening because these sales managers don't know how to do it themselves. Therefore, their reps are failing. But yet the reps are the ones who are losing their jobs. Either they're getting fired or they're leaving. And the manager just stays there like a a barnacle on the side of a ship, right? Forever encrusted to your organization. And it's actually sinking your revenue and you're bleeding out because of this. I hate to tell you
0: what i find so fascinating about about that stat that we started with the 74% of sales managers as i said a few moments ago the sales managers job really is to is to manage up as well as manage down and this the sales managers role in, from from that perspective, is that the sales manager has to really take what senior management is looking to accomplish within the organization. That gets translated into goals and objectives, and then comp plans come out of that. But that sales manager has to be able to take that, communicate that properly to the sales force to motivate them and to guide them and to assist them in in achieving those those revenue numbers. But they also then have to be able to communicate back up to senior management to say, here's what's working, here's what's not working, here's what I think you should do, here's what I think you can't do. So I think the wake-up call is not on the sales managers, again, as you and I have talked about many times. If, if they can't communicate, that's their problem from, from their career perspective, but business owners, what is wrong with you? What is your problem that you're asking somebody to do a job that 100 percent requires communication, and you're not either hiring the right people that know how to communicate or supporting them and learning how to communicate? Guys. The problem isn't the sales
1: manager. The problem is you. Yeah, no, it's you're right. The fact that they don't recognize that right out of the gate that they can't communicate, and or then they slip through the cracks and get in, and you don't recognize the fact that there is a problem. We need to fix it. But again, it goes down to investing in your people. It goes into churn, the cost of churn versus the cost of a good training program, which one is greater and which one's going to cost you more in the long run. And sales managers, there is no training program. We don't sit there and train sales managers on, how to perform the job. There's no mentorship there. There's no one for them to, and who's holding them accountable as well. So it's, there's a fine line here, John, and it it goes down to sales manager versus sales leader. It it goes down to strategic versus tactical micro versus macro. There's a lot to this, but we have seen a broken cog here. And again, sometimes a business owner, they may have their hand in the cookie jar and they're looking over the shoulder and they're, they're micromanaging and babysitting. And maybe that, that, that needs to happen. But, uh, We're seeing sales managers fail and because of that, a byproduct of that is the sales team fails and a byproduct of that is your business will fail because the sales department is the engine that drives your business forward. And again, the cost of bad reviews, bad reputation, we've seen the stat where a huge percentage of prospects feel that salespeople are underprepared, where they can't answer their question. They know nothing about the product, which goes to a lack of training obviously there's a lack of accountability if the sales manager doesn't recognize this and correct course correct it but maybe it's the blind leading the blind right we have a manager who's unqualified and again you're right they have to manage upwards they have to go and i think that we saw another stat that was the the number one improvement we need in organizations is tools and ongoing support so Do I have the proper technology? Do I have the proper tools for my salespeople to be successful? Am I selling internally? Am I selling upwards to get them those tools? Or am I just rolling over on them and just blaming them and saying, hey, they're just not good enough. Oh, well, put them on a pip, put them out to pasture, and then bring in a fresh crop and hope and cross your fingers that they're going to take ownership and do it on their own and you can just look good and take all the glory for it, right?
0: Yeah, I I think that what this this is really saying is – Business owners, um, you messed up. You didn't do your job. If, if you're bringing people in and, and promoting people potentially with this problem, you screwed up, not them. So you're going to need some help figuring this out. Get the damn help because $3.5 million on an average low-performing sales manager, granted, that's, you know, that's the average. But what it's saying is that one of these 74%, so 74 times out of 100, You're being affected by this problem. The probability that that you are is much higher than the probability that you're not. Don't you
1: think you might want to do something about it? Well, you must. Or your competitor is going to drink your milkshake, right?
0: Yeah. Your competitor competitor is going to figure this out. And if they're smart enough to figure out how to solve this one, if they hire us, there's nothing we can do about it for you, sir.
1: Yeah, you can have the best product in the planet. You can have the best customer service. You can have the best billing department. You can have the best SDR department. It doesn't matter. If the middle is broken and your manager is dragging the ship down with them, it's, you're depriving the world of something great that you came up with, all that work down the toilet. And you're also depriving the world of a great sales superstar that could never have been, uh, should be. Because they're turned off and they washed out when they shouldn't have because you gave them a a quote unquote mentor that dropped the ball when they so desperately needed it. Now, John, one last thing I want to mention here, and I'm going to get your thoughts on this. There's been a lot of chatter recently. Uh, I've been seeing this. I've been asked this question. Certain salespeople come in with, I'm sorry, certain sales managers come in with a certain preconceived notion. They want to live off past glories. And what I mean by that is they've had wins somewhere else with a certain process or a certain methodology and they bring it to every role they have. And they try to institute this in that organization when maybe it's not the best fit or they're trying to indoctrinate these salespeople on their points of view. As an example, let's say this, it was a Sandler person is trying to indoctrinate a challenger person or, or so on and so forth. You know, my thing is, you know, I'm a big sports guy and I was watching this really cool documentary on Bruce Lee and back in the 60s, he came up with this fighting system called Jeet Kune Do and it basically took the elements of every fighting system and meld them into one and you use those techniques where applicable, depending on your opponent, depending on the situation. So you have a massive tool belt and you pull out the proper tool, at the proper time, you know, the proper situation. So my thing is a lot of these sales managers are pigeonholed to one style as opposed to being a complete player, right, to being a, a complete sales professional where they come in with multiple methodologies and they meld that style to the product or service, to that salesperson style. You, know, you take that person's strengths and weaknesses, you amplify the strengths, you work on tightening up the weaknesses, but being able to draw from each and every art, you know, because I call it an art here, an art and a science, where applicable and being able to, there goes your development, right? There goes your career in sales per people development. What do you think about that, John? Have you seen this in the past, from managers you run into?
0: Yeah, but the, the other thing that that's that's going through my head and and, and Neil appreciate this being a, a parent and, and being in, into sports, um, you know there's so there's stories that you run into every now and then about um, about children who are born with uh, physical challenges. And I mean, there's so many of them out there. These poor kids are born with. They couldn't walk. They couldn't move. And the parents are told, you know, you just institutionalize the kid or down syndrome is, is, is a perfect example of this. Or uh, your child will never walk. Or your child will never play sports. Or your child will this, or your child will that. And, and then there are the, the parents who say, wait a minute, don't ever tell me that. Uh, I'm going to try, and they try, and do they give up after the first try? No. Do they give up after the second try? No. Do they give up after the third try? No. But what's the difference in here? Is it the trying, or is it the setting the proper expectation and being willing to see it through until you get the, the result that you want? All right. And I think the big, big, big issue here is that the the, the um, sales man, this, the, the business management folks, aren't saying to the sales manager hey, yeah, we understand that, that you had a success back there. We understand that you've done this a number of times. Um, but we understand also that, that this might not be the proper team to have that same playbook with or the things have changed, that product has changed, that market has changed, that people have changed. And we're willing to work with you because we trust you and we trust your judgment and allow them the flexibility to fail. As long as you put constraints on it enough so that you can track whether they're making process progress or not, because not everybody is going to make progress. All right. But I think that, that one of the, the biggest issues is that the management teams don't bring the person in and explain to them that that is what really should happen and could happen. It's, hey, here's the numbers we need. And if you don't make them your shot, well, I'm sorry. To, are you going to say that to the kid with the disability? You're going to say, "Hey, we're going to give you three t- three tries to walk, um, and if you don't, you know what? He- the heck, we're going to institutionalize you, or we're just going to put you in a wheelchair, or we're, you know, we're not going to worry about it." Really? Go ahead, do that to the kid. <laughs> Sorry, I get obs- I get uh, excited about this stuff, Brian.
1: No, I'm excited too. I mean, this is a. This is people we're talking about. This is human beings we're talking about. That's a problem. You know, that's a problem, John. You're right. People, as you mentioned to me, they see things as a, as a large moving entity instead of individuals within that entity. And leadership is all about relationships, and it's about, you know, looking at yeah, we have team meetings, but we need to have one on ones, and we need to figure out this person's communication style, and their their experience level, and their aptitude, and their attitude, and their alignment to the organization, and everything, and figure out what that specific person needs you know where they're at and to develop their career and develop their skills and everything and it just it doesn't happen and it's 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 amazing because i've experienced both sides of this equation and it's it's vast and again we talk about the cost of turnover the cost of training is minimal compared to the cost of turnover not only turnover but the cost the the missed revenue opportunities the bad reputation the cost per lead we can get another podcast the cost of recruiting when you have bad reviews and a bad reputation you're not going to get anywhere near the best even considering you when your culture stinks and you're obviously the your reputation is in the gutter because you've hired those bad people or turning people off to your business but again you know take your head out of the sand get connected be proactive hire those experts like one broken cog uh, coaches who will come in there assess the pain we will come in there and figure out you know how many broken cogs there are and we're going to fix them. And it's not a one and done. It's not a, hey, we've done this in a business just like yours in the past. We'll use the same playbook. No, we will customize it. We will streamline it. And we will make sure you're efficient and profitable, period, bottom line, our reputation. Uh, it depends on it.
0: You know, when you look at that stat, Brian, the, the the upside for these business owners um, so vastly outweighs the downside. It's just insane, all right? The, the, the likelihood that they are suffering from this problem, the likelihood that their numbers aren't being met because of because of this and other problems is so high when you look at the stats that, that we uncover. Guys, understand you're going to spend a little bit of money. You're going to get huge rewards. Look at the positive. Look at the upside. Look at the how, how can we accomplish that attitude as opposed to what are we losing attitude, and uh, you'll come out a winner. If you don't want to be a winner, that's cool too.
1: And I guarantee that, you know, we're, we're people that are listening to us now, I know this for a fact because we talk to them all the time, but they are not in their numbers. It's it just the national average proves it, that your sales team's underperforming, either because you set unrealistic expectations or because of the reasons we just talked about. You want to look not at just the sales team and and listen to what the manager is telling you. Look at that manager, but also look in the mirror. Own it. Say, right. I am going to change it. I'm not going to sit there and accept underperforming uh, managers. I'm not going to accept subpar. I'm not going to accept failure. This is my business, my livelihood. Uh, why did you get into business in the first place? Right? You want to make a difference. Well, this is the vehicle to help you make that difference, period. That's what we do. That's what we're going to be, continue to do, so John.
0: Yeah, and the only thing they have to own, Brian, just in case they're wondering, the only thing they have to own is the result. They don't have to own personally the tactics. That's why we're there. We're there to help them get the result that they own but damn it, own the result. With that, I'm out of here.
1: We're out, John. Enjoy the, the afternoon. I'm going to go do an ROI study on this very subject. We'll drop it on the site. Looking forward to it. Later. Thanks. Thank you, John.
0: Bye. It was great spending time with you today. Maybe you liked what you heard. Maybe we sparked some controversy. Maybe we got you excited, but hopefully we got you thinking, hey, we want to hear from you. If the topic resonated with you, if you have a comment, or if you have an issue you're serious about fixing, reach out to us today. Hey, Brian, how can they get in touch with us?
1: Great question, John. Best ways email. Email us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we're going to help you make small adjustments that's going to lead to major impacts in your business and your revenue.